Ladies and gentlemen, all rise. Court is finally back in session. K- kind of? Uh, welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Do. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, virtually tonight, not in person, uh, the man who once was able to open the Autobot Matrix of Leadership inside a Budweiser factory and destroy it. Mr. Drew Celestino. <laughs> I'm taking down the evil empire from within, Carl. You do the whole, like, light our darkest hours. You, <laughs> you opened it up and just, just destroyed it. Uh, I, I, sure. Yes. <laughs> all those things. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not exactly uh, all there right now. So, uh, thanks for, uh, yeah. thanks for humoring me with the Skype show this, this week. Cause, uh, our whole household here is, uh, ill. Yeah. It's like forces have been conspiring against the courthouse for almost going on a month now. Yeah. Um, it's been a few weeks to say, yeah, it's, it's yeah, not so, cool. So we got, we got some stuff to catch up on. So let's get right to it, sir. It's been three weeks since we've been together recording. Um, how have your weeks been? Uh, they've been okay, um, except for this recent uh, outburst of uh, sickness in the household. Um, I can't say that I've done anything uh, major of note. Just uh, been hanging around. I finished Spider-Man on PlayStation. Yes, we, we must discuss. Oh, dude, it was great. Um just uh, uh, I think we we both kind of said it, and it's like, it's it's like the perfect distillation of Spider-Man that I can. It's like it's like the most perfect distillation of Spider-Man that I can remember in any medium, outside of comics, maybe ever. Yeah, it's um, it and folks, spoilers. We're gonna we're gonna get in some story details here. Uh, it is the single best and i'm trying to think as i say this because this is a big statement it's the single best visual the ending of the game is the single best visual representation of when great power comes great responsibility and you're just heart-wrenching at the end i was in tears i'm just i'm proud of them for going there and uh having the guts to do what uh marvel comics have been terrified to do for like at least 20 years now well video games don't have to they're telling a contained story they don't have to rely on like you know how do we explain this couple issues down the road and this is not the first time we've seen something like this like in the batman arkham series the joker died right like legit died and we're like holy crap um in this uh, Aunt May dies at the end of this game. She does. And and the way they do it is like Dr. Octopus has released a virus out into the world and or out into the city. And so like for the last quarter of the game, the city's just on fire. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> criminals criminals all over the place. Anywhere you go, you're taking enemy enemy fire. Um and you know at the end of the day, you know, Peter Peter defeats Doc Ock, and he gets the cure for the virus, but there are hundreds upon hundreds of people infected with this virus, and there's only so much cure. 
and they need the they need what they have to synthesize and mass produce the cure for everybody and they're doing this in the room where Aunt May is lying. You can hear the heart monitor on her. And the Peter said, Spider-Man says to the doctor guys, like, can we use just a little bit to save her? And doctor's like, no, we won't have enough to make enough for everybody then. And just this heart wrenching moment of you seeing Peter because anime reveals, and they did this in the comics when they they anime died, you know, twenty years ago. Um, spoiler: she got better. <laughs> um, that anime had always known that Peter was Spider Man, and she just wanted to like she knew in the game she knew that was coming, and she's like, "Take off the mask. I know it's you. I just want to tell you how proud I've been of you." And it's just. It's so heart-wrenching that Peter is holding the thing that can save the person who he loves the most and has been the most important person to him throughout his entire life. And all he can do is live up to the utmost. With great power comes great responsibility. And another thing that comes to mind, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. And like, he's just, he's just with her and the screen fades to black and you hear the heart monitor go that, you know, that steady beep. And dude, I was, I was in tears. I was uh, kind of shocked I, that they went there. But yeah, it, I, 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 <laughs> excuse me, it, uh, it, it, <clears throat> it reinforced uh, the way it was done. Excuse me for my illness, by the way. No, no, um, I'm probably going to be caught myself. It, uh, it, it really just reinforced the whole notion of, uh, yeah, great power, great responsibility, and right down to having Aunt May herself have to kind of live up to that as well. Yeah, and it's just the... She knows the, the right thing to do, and, you know, Peter had to had to make that choice, and... I mean, you know, he he had to save the city. So, yeah, with Aunt May's blessing. So, yeah, great yeah. great stuff. And then uh the post-credit stuff was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was the only thing I was like, okay, all right. So the post-credit stuff is Norman Osborn, Mayor Norman Osborn. Well, first the mid, um, the mid-credit thing with with Miles and Peter. That was awesome. I like that we're getting both of them in one universe. Yeah. That's great. They have really, not only in in this game, did Miles work in very well, though I could have done without the Miles and MJ missions. Yeah, um, yeah. Except, and again, we both agreed on this, except the one where Miles is hiding from the Rhino. That was just really cool. That was kind of fun, uh, yes. They have really worked Miles Morales into the Spider-Man mythos very well. And, you know, between the comics, the success of Into the Spider-Verse, he is he is now, more than ever before, like, an accepted and welcome part of that mythos. He feels like a good balance to Peter. It's like Peter... He's kind of Peter's chance to correct some of the mistakes he made when he was younger. 
so Miles doesn't make the same mistakes. Now, I'm really enjoying this character um, in both comics in the game. So, yeah, the mid-credits scene where Miles reveals that he has spider powers now, that was really cool. But, yeah, the, the end credits stinger, which... Oh, good lord, those credits took forever. They sure did. Um, and I was scared to skip them because I thought if I skipped them, I, I would miss... I, I, <laughs> I think my TV so went into power save mode, dude. <laughs> yeah. There's easily a half an hour of credits. It was brutal. So... How many... So yeah, like, the, and then, I'm, I'm, you know, every time, every once in a while, I would, I would look at, like, what was being scrolling through, and I'm like, I'm sorry. All of you don't need to be listed here. Yeah, or we can maybe put more than this row of names on the screen at once. Well, that too. But then they're, they're listing like the accountant of like the uh, the accountant of the beta testing team. Like, dude, you did not have anything to do with this game. Come on. Yeah. So the the post credit scene is uh, Mara Osborne. You learn in the game originally when the game starts. Um, uh, Harry has apparently gone abroad to study, but then you learn later on that Harry actually had contracted the same disease that killed his mother, and he went away to get treatment. And then the post credit scene, you find out that no, Harry has not gone away. He's being he's being kept and treated by Norman in a secret uh, lab in their in their home, and he's in like a, kind of like a back to tank looking like Luke Skywalker bit, Empire yep. on Hoth. And then the very last thing of it is you see something lunge at the the like the window of the tank and it's the symbiote. Yeah. And you're just like oh, okay. All right, you you <laughs> you've just you've just given me one of the most incredible experiences with a character I love and a fantastic game. So you you have a lot of credits. So I'm gonna I'm gonna patiently wait and see what they're going to do with that. Because we all I, I'm not gonna. Because- I I am I, I don't think they're just gonna make Harry Osborn into Venom. I don't think that's the the plan. But yeah. I think that yeah. the symbiote uh, is going to be used as like Norman found it or something and tr- and realized it had some kind of like life-sustaining properties or whatever to kind of keep Harry alive while they worked on a treatment or something. And then it's going to get out, and then uh, it'll find Eddie Brock, and then, you know, we'll go from there. Well, we'll find Peter first. Well, yeah. Well, maybe. We don't know. We'll see how, We'll see what the game, how they do it yeah. in, in the game. Yeah. But uh, I, at this um, point, I'm willing to, to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think they, they're, they're going to be yeah. able to put a, a good narrative together, I think. Yep. So now you have not as of yet gotten the downloadable content no but you did i have um i am about i finished the first chapter which dealt primarily with the black cat um the there's a whole arcing story over all three chapters which is basically a gang war in new york city trying to everyone's scrambling to get the pieces of the fisk empire uh so you're dealing with that for it's twenty five bucks for all three chapters. I think it's worth the purchase okay. because you're not just getting additional story content; you're getting additional challenges and stuff. All right, there's there's new bases you have to go against, and holy crap, dude! The bases in the second chapter of the downloadable content are the hardest bases 
in the game, bar none. Really? Just hammer thugs with sable weapons up the wazoo. That that doesn't and, sound like fun. <laughs> Those sable bases were and, uh, a, a real chore. It, yeah, and they have clearly tweaked the AI of the the enemy combatants a bit because they are much more coordinated in their attacks, especially those cursed jetpack guys. Oh, those guys are the worst, man. Yeah, because you're because in some of the bases you're having to deal with like three or four of them at a time. My biggest problem with those guys. Like, we're nitpicking this game now. Like, what kind of, like we said, the wall crawling could have been better. The other thing I think would have been better is if, if there was a, a way to easily uh, attack the jetpack guys. I felt like you should have, there should have been a way to easily web up to them. But I kept, like, I couldn't figure that out. So I, I just had to jump and then hope that when I started pushing attack, it would know to start attacking them. <laughs> well, you can just web them up with your web bursts. Well, it's a burst, yeah, but I mean, like, if there's, like, five of them or whatever, I just want to jump, if I want to jump up and attack one, I just have to jump and hope that it knows to, like, attack that one. What I mean is, like, if I have one of my sites, can I just, like, web up to him, you know what I mean? Like, just target him directly. Like, when you get into a big scrum, let's say I've got four guys on the ground and I've got one jetpack guy, my... The way I want to do it is I want to take out the jetpack guy first because usually they're packing some kind of annoying artillery. And I would like start pushing attack or try to jump out of the way, but it would rarely know that I wanted to get to the jetpack guy. So I wish there was an yeah. easier way for me to like, no, no, I'm targeting this guy and I want to web up to him and beat the crap out of him and then come back down. But again, yeah. this is minor stuff. The game is so good. <laughs> yeah, it's really fantastic. <clears throat> Yeah, there was that. So, rest of so, yeah. getting back to the weeks. Uh, yeah, um, so that, I finished Spider-Man, and uh, I actually finally pulled the trigger, and I bought Hollow Knight for uh, Switch. Okay. It's really good. <laughs> it's um, it's a Metroidvania-style game, It's like, so that's my favorite genre, as we, as we know. Uh, but it's done in a kind of very clean animation style like it it looks very hand-drawn in a way and uh and you're you're a you're like a bug and it's like a whole world of bugs it's it's hard to explain what i'm talking about but it's really cool and it's really interesting the environments are gorgeous the gameplay is really really tight and uh i'm only a few hours into it but it's really really enjoyable awesome yeah that aside man uh the Royal Rumble was the other night. We all watched it. Uh, I mean, we bet on it. That's the only real interest that I had. I, I didn't win, so <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah, that's that's it. That's about it. So, like, just nothing for the Rumble? Nothing good? Like, were there any, like, surprise entrances? Or, nope. Please, God, tell me Kenny Omega didn't show up? Of course he didn't show up. Okay, good. I come like everyone that thought that was going to happen doesn't understand how contracts work, and also clearly doesn't listen to a word the man says. <laughs> so no, he, okay, he well, no, no, no. no I'm, not, I'm not saying you. I'm saying this. They're, they're, I, I WWE never, fanboys I, are like, and and the ultimate irony of it is WWE fanboys don't watch outside WWE stuff. So like to them, Kenny Omega is just another Bingo Hall 
uh, indie darling, as they like to think anything outside of WWE is. It's all bingo halls out there. Apparently, that's all the, that's all you can have is bingo hall wrestling outside of WWE. But yet, yeah. but yet, they'll dismiss that stuff all day all day long. But yet, they want Kenny Omega to come to WWE in the in the worst way. It's like, well, wait, if he's such a if he's such a, a nobody working in 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 flea markets, why do you want him so bad? So it's it's you know these people don't think that through of course in any case no he did not show up because his contract is uh still good for two more days to njpw exclusive and and the latest being the elite uh there is a ticking timer um x amount of days left on kenny's phone the countdown thing that that they did for the bucks and for adam page and for cody they had this like countdown thing going on on their phones they didn't know what it was but in the in re, they revealed it eventually to be the unveiling of all elite wrestling's logo and double or nothing for the event in may <clears throat> now kenny's phone is doing the time that the the time the you know whatever the timer so it's uh gonna go off in about probably seven days now but at the timeline so uh that just happens to coincide with um, a press conference in Vegas where they're having the uh, Double or Nothing uh, event in May. So I would expect Kenny Omega to be there and officially announce his all uh, all elite wrestling signing. But uh, I don't really know much else besides that right now. For all we know, he could have a deal where he works both companies, but but the New Japan thing with all elite is still up in the air. Cool. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, How about you? You had uh, you were sick first, and then yes, I was. Yeah. So let's let's go back to like the beginning of our <laughs> our our exodus from recording, if you will. So I caught a cold. Yeah. Hello, Carl. Carl. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I had to mute my microphone because I was uh, coughing and oh. sneezing and whatnot. See, man, it's going around. Yeah, yeah. See, um, so I caught a cold three weeks ago. It was kind of rough, and now, like with both of us having kids, the dynamic has changed. I'm willing to get you sick. I don't care about that. You know, <laughs> all for the story of the show. But, you know, Grant is just so dang adorable. I don't want to get him sick or anything. So, Well, likewise, you know, I, I didn't want to have you over tonight because I didn't want you to t- bring this home to William. So, Yeah. So, you know, I called. I said I couldn't do the show two weeks ago. You stepped up to the great solo episode. I tried. Um, you know, it was good. It was solid. You did really good. Uh, so that was good. And then last week... My cold had migrated to William, and Julie was out of town on business. So, and William was sick, so I kind of had to, as I said in the the video I posted, dad up and and stay home and take care of William. But I was able to manage to get like a live stream out there, which was kind of fun. Uh, so that was cool. Um, in the meantime, of all these happenings. Uh, and I, I am pleased to say that effective this coming Monday, I will no longer be amongst the unemployed. Yeah, boy. 
Yeah, I have found gainful employment. Not only have I found gainful employment, but I have found gainful employment at the same company that your wonderful wife and friend of the show, Mr. J. Gelsimino, work at. So My that's wife, J. Gelsimino? <laughs> no, I said your wonderful wife. Well, yeah, I guess you could, the way I said it, you could take it either way. Um, it's you fine. Know, it's you know fine. World. So, no, Jen and Jay both work for the company that I'll be working for, and that is actually started Monday. So this uh, this three months like, sabbatical, sure, we'll call it, sure, sure. Uh, is, is coming to an end. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's definitely good news. And it's a good situation because before that offer came in, um, there was another offer that I was just, I was just going to have to take to get a, to just kind of bring this all to an end. And that offer was not nearly as good as, uh, the offer that came from, uh, the company that I'll be going to. So good times there. Uh, and as we discussed in a couple of previous shows in this time off, I have, uh, endeavored to explore the, the science and philosophy and methods of brewing coffee. <laughs> okay. Which, which has been, cause you're, you've got, you've got the beer thing down. So that kind of inspired me to, to up my coffee game. Uh, so, you know, I mentioned I got the French press, which is really good. I also have, we have also acquired a couple weeks, uh, last week, I think it was a burr blender, which is, a coffee grinder that feeds from the top down. And this is kind of the preferred style of coffee grinder. Like for any, any place that any coffee house or something like that, if they grind their beans there, this is how they grind their beans. Um, it's got 18 different settings for, from like fine to coarse of how I want the grind. And the nice thing about burr blender is you get the set, you get a nice even grind throughout Unlike with the blade blenders, it's very uneven. And the the best way I can describe it is going from having like a deli sandwich at Tim Hortons to having a deli sandwich at a New York City deli. You're selling me. I kind of want one now. It they're fantastic. Ours was not expensive at all. It's fifty bucks at Kohl's, and it's it's a very basic one. You get. The same grind, you select how many cups worth of a grind you want. My my only the only drawback of the Splendor is that it starts at four cups. Okay, but you look at the amount you get out of that, and you're like, you know, I str- I condense that kind of into like, yeah, I get four cups out of it. But you look at like the size of the mugs you use and whatnot; it's really only two actual cups. Um. So yeah, they are fantastic. Uh, the the co- I've had coffee out of the like a traditional drip, like your standard coffee pot maker, and I made it a couple times with my French press, and it's just, it's fantastic. Highly recommend them. Um, I have been I started watching uh, Punisher season two. That makes one of us. Oh, Drew. Yeah. <clears throat> Go on. <laughs> it's, it's not good. I've heard this from several people. It's it's not good. 
It's not like Iron Fist bad, but it's it's not good. All the problems that we had with season one magnified. How about that? And like so very little actual punishing. And they try to make up for it that when the punishing is happening, it's, it's extremely over the top. And I'm like, I don't need super over the top every time. I just, I want like a constant stream and like, it's just, I, I can almost guarantee that you're going to hate it. <laughs> well, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're not selling me. So I'm going to take my time in getting to this, uh, getting to this show. I mean, I'm like halfway, I'm at episode 10 or 11 right now. And it's just kind of like watching a car wreck. You want to see how it's going to end. Um, but I'm very glad that we won't be doing the episode by episode breakdown of this one. Cause, Oh, that would be a slog. That would be a slog. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Sorry, man. Just, uh, just remember, remember the good times. Remember daredevil season two. Uh, it was I, perfect. I will. And it, it, it was. So. Um, okay. So, and then, let's see. I'm trying to think of what else. I know there's a bunch of our little things I'm forgetting here. But uh, last Saturday, there was an X-Wing tournament. And the, uh, the X-Wing tournament is it's a tournament that a bunch of us do every quarter. Uh, we call it the Java Cup Invitational. So, we don't... Uh, we don't do it at a store. It's done at a friend's house. and uh, We had 10 people at this last one. And the Java Cup is like this huge oversized uh, Java the Hut coffee mug mounted on a trophy base. And it's kind of <laughs> nice. like, like the Stanley Cup. When you win it, it goes home with you for a quarter. And then you bring it to the next one and then either you retain or you pass it on to the winner. Is, and then is your, is your name getting graved on it? Uh, we are going to start doing that. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, and so the winner of the previous Java cup gets to determine the format of the tournament for the next Java cup. And I am pleased to announce Drew that I have won my first Java cup at a boy. And my second X-Wing tournament in a row. Um, so, yeah, we're, uh, I feel very good and comfortable in my current X-Wing game as it is. So, yeah. Well done, sir. Praise be unto me. Praise the maker. <laughs> so, I think that's pretty much it for my weeks. Not a ton of stuff. Uh, all right yeah all right so dear listeners if you'd like to tell us about your weeks and geez we're a half an hour in the show and we're just gonna <laughs> we, we got a lot of stuff to catch up on people um if you'd like to tell us about your weeks uh send us any emails questions or comments to the show you can do so at the following locations you can do so on twitter and follow us at devil's do pod 
You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash devils pod. You can email us at the devils pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the devils That being said, Drew, we have some questions we have to catch up on. All right. Uh, starting out with uh, the, the bigs and the wedge of the Devils do, Mr. J.J. Alcimino and Mr. Only Alan one Waiters. can make it out alive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but the one that goes is going to have a damn fine mustache when it goes. <laughs> so well, starting with Mr. J.J. What was that? Like, I was going to say, that in that case, uh, Alan's probably going to win here. <laughs> Uh, starting with Mr. J. J. L. Samino, Drew and Carl, if you could take a comic book character and switch their base of operations, like when Daredevil went to San Francisco that one time, who and where would you want them to move to? Oh. Oh. Um, we're going to take the Punisher, and we're going to send him to Tampa. Oh, wait. <laughs> that was the movie. I'm wait. sorry. My bad. Whoa. Sorry. Fever dream there. Um boy, I bleh. I I don't I don't know. That's what if we took the Punisher yeah. and sent him to the suburbs? Like I mean, a nice gated community. <laughs> um it's gonna be a lot louder once he moves in. <laughs> Where he had to deal with criminals and homeowners associations. He could go after white collar criminals. They live in gated communities. Sure. And deserve punishment. So, yeah, let's do that. Frank Castle, right. trust buster. <laughs> I like it. That's great. I like it. That's funny. Um, I, I would. I would take Batman. And I, I would move him to a community that has a very, very low crime level. Are you trying to raise the crime level in this city? No, but I think it would be the most pure way of testing if the theory that Batman creates his own adversaries is true. Because, like, if, if he has... If the best thing he could do to patrol the city is just kind of perch on Mrs. Weatherberry's uh, chimney and and watch the stickball game, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Well, there's that escalation theory with Batman, so I I feel like you introduce Batman to an area, the ratio that there will be a, there will be a course correction by the criminal community, and the insanity and violence level will rise to, to match Batman. Probably. Hmm. Probably. We, we could see. Okay, Drew, with the advent of all Lee wrestling, what three WWE slash NXT uh, competitors would you take? No restrictions. Um, um, oh, no restrictions. So just whatever goes. Um, 
the Revival, that counts as two, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm going to count them as one because they're a tag team. So the Revival got to go. They, they need out of there in the worst way. Any tag team worth their salt needs to get out of there, to be honest with you. So the Revival are going to go over there. Uh, I think Cesaro would be a can't-miss top guy in all elite wrestling. He could be... Uh, he would he would come in and he would make a fantastic con- title contender champion even like he just has the look he's got the skill set um he would come in a made guy i think and he could put on a match with anybody it would be great and uh well it's funny because the news coming out today is that Dean Ambrose will not be renewing his contract in a couple months and uh that begs the question, where is he going to go? But you know what? To be honest, though, I don't really want him to be – I don't need him in my all-elite wrestling. So let's go with guys that are uh, underutilized and uh, need a little more shine and are capable of more. And I'm going to uh, – it's, it's an obvious choice because it's been said before, but a guy like Chad Gable would uh, do well to get out of WWE and go to all-elite and just tear the house down every night and show off what he's got and make a name for himself. Cool. There you go. So none of like the big names, none of the no, the, no. You know why? Main event names? Who are they? Like who? Who? I don't know. Well, that's my point. Like the guys don't move the like. None of WWE's top guys mean anything. Like they've done such. WWE has done done. They they've kneecapped themselves by making it all about their brand and not about the people that they employ, to the point where the guys that they employ just aren't that. They don't matter. I don't care about them. So why do I want to go see? Like, how excited am I supposed to get about these guys that have been on top and have delivered nothing memorable in terms of match quality over the last five six years? I'm gonna. I'm supposed to like want to see those guys go and try and put on a match with Kenny Omega. Like, get out of here! I, no, no, thanks. I, I, I don't trust any of those guys to do it. Okay. What about the the ladies? Oh, take the almost the entire division out of WWE because <laughs> um, they like they have they. The thing is, man, WWE has a lot of of women's talent, which is great because I mean. It's just great that women have more of an opportunity to, to wrestle because they can they can wrestle and WWE is the biggest company can give them a big platform to do it. But the problem is like they book it like crap. So you know, it. Uh, if, uh, Sasha and Bailey have to get out of WWE in my opinion. Sasha Banks and Bailey like are I've seen them go. They are tremendous wrestlers, and they have just been completely screwed on the main roster. So. If if they're not going to get any traction in WWE, get out of there. They're, you're gonna if they leave, they'll be immediately over wherever they go, and uh, I think the, I think they would thrive because wrestling fans love them and know that they can wrestle, and if, and they would get an opportunity to wrestle and not have their characters butchered outside of WWE. Okay, cool. Yes. All right. Uh- Carl, since I highly doubt they will let you sit near me at work, where will World War Pop take place? <laughs> so, Jay Jalsmino has a lot <laughs> World of... World War Pop, huh? Of, uh, World War Pop has a lot of pop figures at his desk. Um, and in my previous place, not the most recent place, but the one I worked for before that, I had a ton of pop figures at my desk. 
Um, I would say hopefully maybe we could swing it so we could sit in the same row. And then we'll just set up our pops like armies marching towards each other at the, the floor of the row. And every day just like move them a little bit closer to each other. I think I think that'll work. I think there's gonna be a tactical yeah. invasion. No matter what, no matter where you guys are, like your pops will just start to slowly encroach towards each other and inevitably meet in the middle, and then you will have uh you know a a, a confrontation for the ages. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. All right, Jay, thank you very much for questions. Really quick, before I get on to the rest of the questions, I meant to do this before I started the questions, um, but, you know, we're just kind of, we're a little rusty this week, folks. I uh, want to remind you all that we will have a live show coming up this coming Monday, February 4th, at Iron Buffalo on Millersport Highway in Amherst. Um, you can find the address on the event page that we have on our page. I'm going to shoot out some reminders of that coming up. It starts at 7 p.m. Um, we're going to be doing a discussion on the evolution of the comic book shop, kind of where it started at and where it's at now. And we're going to have some fun guests. We're going to have uh, – it's going to be a good time. If you guys were at our first live show, I think we had a really good time there. Uh, we highly encourage you to come out, check out Iron Buffalo. Uh, definitely throw some shekels their way as they're being really great hosts for us. So please come and check that out. Hopefully the weather will permit us to still do that. That in my health. Because <laughs> pa- past couple of weeks, winter has been like, oh, crap, I forgot to be winter, and we're getting all winter now. Yeah. 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 Okay, so moving on to Mr. Alan Waiters. Carl and Drew. When will you do a review of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? I still have uh, to see probably, it. Uh, yeah, probably when we see it. I, I feel bad that I haven't seen it, man. I really do, but I... Yeah, it's been a question of time and or funds. B- and baby life is real. Been, yeah, one of those issues have been resolved. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we are making every effort to do that. But we're, we're both parents and... You know, both of us being able to get out of the house together on, you know, the same night, let alone by ourselves, is is tricky. Um, Have you given up on reviews of comic books? No, I don't think we have. We've been meaning to talk about the death of Daredevil for a while now. (laughs) We just haven't gotten to it. (laughs) Yeah, I think we we probably, you'll probably do that at the live show. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, no, it's definitely something we mean to do when we kind of like take a step back after, you know, we get done with the the Daredevil season breakdown. Um, we're going to have more time for stuff like that. So I think comic reviews, um, we're going to make a point to get them more frequent in the show. Um, he says, may I suggest Martian Manhunter and the new Conan Barbarian? Which he has suggested to us many, many times. <laughs> Alan's all all in on those. Um, I'm gonna probably check out uh, Conan at the very least. I'm not sure, but um, I gotta I gotta see what what's available at the store when I go pick up my books. So, yeah, I don't. I'm you know neither book is really calling out to me. I mean, I'm again. I'm glad that 
that you found them and they're entertaining you, Al, and that's great. Um, there's just, like, Conan's never really done anything for me. Um, I like Martian Manhunter. I actually think uh, there's a world out there where DC started their cinematic universe with Martian Manhunter, and it works very well because um, he's like a, he could be a good if you're if you're putting him into a world where all these characters already exist, he's a good audience point of view character. Um, so, but yeah, Carl, what? is your guilty pleasure in terms of been watching shows on Netflix? Oh, it, I'm definitely feeling guilty about Punisher. I'm not sure about feeling much pleasure from it. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't think I really necessarily have a guilty pleasure. Uh, actually, it, you know, if I had to put something in lines of a guilty pleasure, it's a show that we watch with William called We Bear Bears. And it's just a fantastic show because, like, yeah, it's a cartoon, but it's a smart cartoon. And it's just really w- well done. So anytime William wants to watch We Bear Bears, I'm all in on that. Uh, since you're done with Spider-Man, will you go back to Octopath Traveler? Or try hard mode on Mega Man 11 or give Red Dead Redemption 2 a try. Um, I'm probably not going to go back to Octopath Traveler. I just couldn't get really back invested into the game once the stories were not converging in some way. Uh, the game is great. I will definitely grab a sequel if it comes out, but I don't have any strong urgency to go back and finish off the stories. Um, I will not be trying Mega Man 11 on a harder mode because... Um, I'd like to keep my switch in one piece and not be driven to the point of throwing it through a window. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2, I'm probably not going to play just because time, desire, any number of things. Uh, Drew, is this the year Nintendo takes over the console market? Uh, No. They're doing just fine, but they're not gonna. I, I I can't see any kind of like takeover happening. Um, and it's it's you know that which is fine. They don't need to take over. Yeah. Uh, they they've carved out a nice little niche for themselves, and uh, that, that as long as they're doing well and making games, then I'm 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 a happy I'm a happy camper. Yeah, like I I think it was like a big news article like three weeks ago, like Nintendo <laughs> Switch biggest selling console of 2018 that's one like, year yeah. the playstation it's, 4 sold but, a gazillion for five years now you know yeah with playstation and xbox one are both uh three four years old and switch is brand new and it's a really good system so yes it should be the best uh, this is not a news story this is oh by the way so i don't know it's it's fine uh, yeah I, the switch I, is I, doing I very well it. and that's that's enough for me Switch is great. It doesn't need to be the number one console on the market. It's I, I'm with you. It's doing just fine the way it is. PlayStation wins this generation as far as sales numbers go. Um, it's just the way it's going to be. Uh, so thank you very much, Alan. Next is from Mr. Nate Lockhart, friend of the show. Hey. And Nate writes in, you guys, Drew makes a killer all all capitals a killer stout it's so good oh you finally had it all right 
Yeah. Well, this is from January 21st, so he, he had it a while ago. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. It's so good. Also, a silly question. What's weirder? The Toei Spider-Man series where he has the giant robot or the U2 Spider-Man musical? I'll hang up and listen. Nate. Oh, uh, I get I mean, wow. The U2 musical, while bizarre, at least is like the Spider-Man that we know, right? Yeah. The toy one from Japan is a radical departure from what we know as Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Spider-Man's got a giant robot. And, you know, like you do in Japan, um, I, yeah, like there's different, like I'm trying to differentiate my head between weirder and what I'd rather watch. I think I'd rather watch the toy one. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but yeah, that one's probably also a weirder one because the musical while being deadly for numerous actors, um, it still tries to stick within the realm of what we know to be Spider-Man. Yep. Yep. All right. So thank you, Nate on to Mr. Cyrus Moore. Greetings, gentlemen. The new season of the Punisher is recently released, but find myself struggling to find motivation to watch. The cancellations has seemed to take the wind out of my Marvel TV sales. I'll finish it eventually, but man just got one. It's just one big bummer. Anyway, not to bring the show down, I'll continue my question. Here's the scene. A uh, virus has infected a comic book character, and the virus spreads. It turns everyone it infects into a genetic copy of that original character and totally infected the whole world, the entire world up blank. Who would either of you pick to be that character as he works with himself and himself and himself to cure the disease and return life back to normal? Um, apparently Cyrus has never read the Spider-Man clone saga. <laughs> so, so run this by me again. <laughs> okay. So basically what it boils down to is a character in comics catches a disease or a virus that genetically keeps replicating themselves. Okay. Until they can possibly populate the world. So who would we want to see do that? Um, wow. Uh, I, I would want to see Reed Richards. Okay. Only because, like, it would look like at first that it's going to be easy to fix this, but as more Reeds get involved, more scientific variations are introduced, and so Reed can just never come to a conclusion with himself. <laughs> so basically you're saying they're never going to solve the problem. Yeah. No. Uh, let's go with Superman. There's always been interesting multiple Superman angles in in Superman comics. So this, what's why not one more? Yeah. Okay. And I trust, cool. and, and I trust Superman and his Superman clones will find a way to save the day because they're Superman. Yes. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Cyrus. On to you, Mr. Chris Taylor. 
Figured I'd ask this on the show. I had asked her if Deadly Class on Sci-Fi was worth checking out, to which he replied, Reminder. Maybe I need some <laughs> comic Maybe I need some comic nerd explaining, but what's the controversy with Reminder? I just got psyched because I saw Henry Rollins made a cameo in the first episode. Now that is awesome. Um, um, okay, here's the thing. I've heard Deadly. Cl- I've actually heard that that's a, a good comic book. Um, my yes, problem, and I've and you know people people there are people that tend to like Rick Reminder. I'm just not one of them. I find him to be. Uh, <laughs> needlessly over the top and I don't have any desire to read his excuse me his comic books so okay he 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 had a really terrible run on Captain America that followed a really really great run on Captain America so that's not doing him any favors for me personally uh his Avengers run was similarly bizarre and stupid and uh, I think he's the one that we have to blame for the concept of Frankencastle. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all good on Rick Reminder. Yeah, um, it seems that because I read Deadly Class, and it is a very good book. Um, I haven't watched the series as of yet just because there's so much other stuff out there I still have to watch. Um, Deadly Class is really enjoyable. Think like Harry Potter, but instead of training wizards, you're training assassins. Oh, like you um, do. What? I said like you do. Yeah, like you do. Um, it seems that Rick Remender excels on his creations and struggles on established IPs. Okay. I mean, that's that's a fair that's a fair assessment, I would say. Okay, cool. That does it for the questions. That closes our cross-examination for this week. Thank you all uh, to all of you who wrote in. Uh, Sorry for some of you. It took you this long to uh, get to your questions, but, you know, life uh, finds a way. Sure does. So now we go on. We've got some news to catch up on. Oh, where do we want to start here? Why don't we start at the, the top of the list? Drew, it's it's an amazing world we live in sometimes. And sometimes you get surprised and sometimes uh, you get what you expected. Um, I think some people may have been expecting, expecting this. Uh, some people may have been surprised by it. But Drew, we live in a world now where a Marvel film, Marvel Cinematic Universe film, has received a nomination for Best Picture of the Year from the Academy Awards. Now, this for the Dark World. Black- <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, um, this, it was Iron. It was Iron Man three. Oh, uh, this being <laughs> this being, of course, Black Panther. Now, Drew, I understand that. Um, as far as award shows go, you don't put very much stock in them, if any. But you still got to admit this is kind of cool. I mean, it's something. I mean, it, it, it's a great movie. Is it best picture of the year? Uh, no. Uh, but, I mean, the Academy's doing it because they want, they know that they feel like they're out of touch with the regular viewers. So they're like, okay, get put all the movies in that are, that are made money. They must be good, right? I mean, I don't know. It it just points to the silliness of all of this. Like, <sighs> The whole the whole film industry is kind of weird right now because everybody wants to make all these 
I mean, all the money is in the big, huge tentpole flicks. And like small movies don't really get any play. Like they, they come out, they exist, but like nobody sees them. At least I feel like nobody sees them. They or they don't get released in theaters. I don't see commercials for many small movies anymore, but I know they're out there. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's all kind of weird and I, I don't know. I, I feel like you're always going to have that segment of people that thinks like, well, it made all this money. Clearly, it was the best. And it's like, that's like saying that McDonald's sells X amount of million hamburgers a day. Clearly, they're the best. I mean, not really, you know. Like what you like and, you know, obviously some stuff's going to be better than others and it should be recognized in some way. But, I mean, or the Academy Awards to me are just kind of, eh. There's a lot of politics behind it, and once you kind of know how the sauce is made, you you start to think like this this really doesn't have the credence it should. I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong, but I think I think America puts too much stock in it all. No, I'd agree with you there, and I think that um, there. I don't think it's solely a nomination of hey, let's get back in touch with the general public. Because I think the Academy is starting to kind of look at um, factors beyond uh, just the film and just the the cultural event that Black Panther became on top of how it's a very good movie. um, I think it definitely warrants a nomination. Now, we both know it's not going to win. Right. Because there's there's two reasons – I see it not not winning. Other than the obvious, you know, it's a Marvel film, and they're not going to give the uh, the Best Picture award to a Marvel film. But the main two reasons is one, you don't see it really um, nominated in any of the other like upper tier categories, and then two is uh, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse is also nominated for Best Picture of the Year. So I think a lot of Academy members who may want to vote for Black Panther will be like, well, I can't vote for a Marvel film for Best Picture, so I can make it up to him by voting for, you know, Spider-Verse for Best Animated Film. So, yeah. But, it's again, it's still just really cool that, you know, it's just a, a fantastic time we live in that we have a Marvel film that is nominated for Best Picture – and it's a, a Marvel film uh, that is based on a, a character that you can make the argument was more obscure than Iron Man was when he got his first film. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's just, I think it's really cool. It's fun. It's neat. Uh, so yeah, there's that. What else we got here? Uh, I think it was two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago we got... In a big uh, reveal event from NetherRealm Studios, Mortal Kombat 11 was revealed. It, it looks cool. Uh, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I think, the... Uh, Super understatement. It, it looks very, very cool. Yeah, it's visually a very stunning game. It, it might be one of the best-looking uh, fighting games ever made. And just, I really dug the whole... Uh, way they revealed it like it wasn't just a trailer it was this big whole event 
And like when you hear about a lot of the other stuff that was going on at the event that you could do, it's just they really kind of just did it well. And like there was, you could get free Mortal Kombat tattoos. They had a bar there. They had like, it was just from all accounts a really cool event. It was quite the uh, star studded affair. Yes, and uh, we find that uh, Ronda Rousey is playing Sonya Blade. Oh, so yeah. is so- and, is Sonya an anti vaxxer now and has a problem well, no, with, problem like, with trans people? <laughs> when when they first brought her out, they said we've got Ronda Rousey to play Sonya Blade. I was like, well, of course you do. Sure, why not? Well, then the more and more it, I thought about it, more and more I thought about it, I was like. You know, you make her a cop, and then she basically is Sonya Blade. So that's actually yeah, it, it's, pretty. It's yes. it's on the nose. It's fine. I, I just you know, I, celebrity voice acting is just not something I ever thought I needed in a Mortal Kombat game. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, no, I get you. Uh, the game, as we said, is very uh, graphically very impressive. Um, it seems that they are bringing over as i've said in the past injustice has kind of become the the field testing for new mechanics that they later introduce into mortal combat and we saw that with the interactable environments that were in injustice one and then got brought over to mk10 and and injustice two they had the gear system where you could change the suits that the heroes and villains wore different parts of the suits gave different attributes to the character and that is being brought over to mk11 although it seems they've refined it more and i like the way that this works more now you can choose what suit is on the character and then you can assign the different attributes to that part of the suit they're not locked to that specific part of the suit so you can really truly customize the way your character looks and we did see some really interesting uh customized options out there see that part of it is interesting for me but at the same time it's also kind of like wait a minute I, like it, like it's cool but then i see like the, the, the degree that they you can go to and if uh, if you make scorpion into a dude wearing white and red is he really scorpion anymore <laughs> No, he's Storm Shadow. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? It's kind of silly in a yeah. way. Like, uh, in a franchise like Mortal Kombat, anyway, where, like, you know, where the color coded ninjas were, like, in, you know, part of the. They were, they were like, the iconic thing. Uh, suddenly you can make them look completely different than that. It's like, well, wait, is it really him anymore? <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. No, it, it's very cool. Uh, I'm curious to see how it's all going to play out. I'm not sure if it's going to be a day one purchase for me. But um, it certainly has my attention, uh, more than 10 did. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to see the full roster, of course. I think it's, I mean, they only showed off eight characters. But it looks cool. And, um, you know, I hope it's good. Yeah, and they've always got really fun, uh, air quote, guest characters in there. And one of the, there are two leading rumors for who the guest characters are going to be. Uh, for this game, uh, one of them is Spawn, which was a uh, heavy rumor from the last game and carried into this game. Which, yeah, neither one of us are huge Spawn fans, but he fits. 
I guess. That, I, see, this this is this is a this is a more modern thing that they've done with Mortal Kombat. I I don't I don't need it. Yeah, the other one is it, the. But... Yeah, the other one is the main guy from Doom. Okay, now now that's, that's, <laughs> now that's <laughs> different. And Ed Drew is his soul. But it's funny you say that because it didn't. Uh, was it a rumor that Doom guy was going to show up in Smash? <laughs> You know what? The world we live in, my friend, it would not surprise me. That would be insane. Oh. Crazy. Um, so, yeah. I, you know what? I, you, get, you, the listeners, have, if you've been listening to our show, you know that when it comes to fighting games, Drew skews more Mortal Kombat, and I skew more Street Fighter. Um, I do enjoy the Mortal Kombat games. And I looked at this one, I was like, I, I kind of would not mind picking this up. And I thought about that more. I'm like, huh. I have a kid who's going to be three in March. And I have a wife who's easily grossed out by anything gory. Yeah, this, this, this might not be. play this game? And the answer was maybe for a half an hour, 45 minutes a night after they both go to bed. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, uh, we're going to let this one go by. Or you buy the Switch version of right. You know, you can take it with you in the bathroom. No, no, not going to do that. Switch, Switch is optimal for many, many things. Fighting games is not one of them. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's World Combat 3. A 11. surprise... 11, yeah. Uh, the 3 comes from our next news item here. Oh. Uh, a surprise announcement that I don't think any of us really expected. Kind of... You know, I think there was a time where everybody wanted this, and then after certain things happened, we're like, yeah, maybe we're better not having this, but we're getting it. Anyway, Drew, uh, they're doing a Ghostbusters 3. Yeah. And they gave us, like, I don't want to say a teaser, but they gave us, like, a video thing of Ecto-1 in a in a farmhouse because because yeah when i think ghostbusters i think of farms um and apparently according to ernie hudson whose whose sources are right up there with allen's um everybody is on board dan Aykroyd, bill murray um and himself Fortunately, obviously not Harold Ramis. We lost him a couple years ago. Um, and it's going to be directed by Jason Reitman. So, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. Well, it's got, I'll say this much. Uh, see, the, the thing is, there's a lot to unpack with this, with this and I don't know... I don't know how much I want to get into all of it, but it feels like a big overcorrection from from what they tried to do with the last Ghostbusters movie and the outcry and all the controversy surrounding it, and then the movie's subsequent uh, disappointing returns. Um, so now they're kind of like swinging the other way, like, okay, we got to get but the one that we... I mean, not for nothing, the one they should have done to begin with. Uh, at least setting it in the same universe would have would have been the right move which they didn't do yeah. uh which i think was a huge mistake so now we're getting that one where it's set in the same universe okay good cool but you know like it is kind of like an over correction from 
where they were, but whatever. We'll see how it turns out. Um, Jason Reitman doing it. Okay, well, you your dad made the first one, so hopefully you have a grasp on the property and what people kind of like about it. Um, he'll have a different perspective, obviously, than uh, his father will, him being you know much younger. But he'll also be of an age where I think what resonated for Ghostbusters for people like of, of, of our age, maybe he understands and maybe, you know, he knows what, what we might be looking for, I guess. So we'll see how that turns out. And regarding everyone being on board, um, I, I don't, I, I would find it very hard to believe Bill Murray is actually coming back for this, but, uh, I saw some picture floating around the internet today of Bill Murray in a Ghostbusters outfit, and, and it looks current. So that I, was actually—I think that was lifted from an award show. Okay, so, that's what I thought. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure. I'd be surprised. Like they had to beg him. I don't know who. I don't know how they got him to, to do the cameo for the the uh, the last one. Uh, they must have dro- driven the whole Brinks truck up to his house, uh, but. We'll see about that. Um, I'd, I'd be surprised. I heard they're casting kids though. In the they want their they want the Ghostbusters to be a group of young young teens. I mean, okay. So, if you want to do like a torch passing movie, I get that. I think that's what uh, it's going to be. And and, and I, you know what else? I think it's going to kind of be. And what's what if that's if that holds true? This is Sony looking at something and going, "Ooh, we can do that with our thing." And I think I think someone at Sony finally got around to watching Stranger Things, specifically uh, season two when the kids all dress up as Ghostbusters for Halloween, <laughs> and they're yeah. like, "Oh, we can do that." <coughs> so yeah, I I don't know what to expect from this because like i was perfectly content with the ghostbuster films we've had now i haven't seen the the most recent one um i'm i'm not gonna really judge until i see it it made some obvious missteps and not connecting it to the existing films um but it may very well be able to stand on its own as a as a funny movie um but like i've never really had a strong desire for a new ghostbusters only because it just seems very product of its time and i know that we're living in you know the age of nostalgia and everything old is new again and you know things like that it's just i don't don't know i'm I'm, it was lightning in a bottle and look they tried to do it again with ghostbusters 2 and i you know i like ghostbusters 2 don't get me wrong Ghostbusters 2 is great but it is not as good as the first movie, and I think trying to recapture it again, it's like, dude, you, you had a hard enough time trying to do it the first time. I, I don't know that I don't know that you can do it again. Like, I just don't know that it's possible. Hey, prove me wrong, but <laughs> prove that, me wrong, kids. That first movie is magic, and uh, I, you know, I it so things like that are hard to duplicate. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we will uh, see what develops from that. Um, also, there was an announcement that came down that longtime comics artist slash writer George Perez announced that he will be retiring from comics 
and and the world of comics will be all the lesser for it as he was an incredible talent uh most notably on avengers and justice league um so yeah that's i mean he was famous for basically being able to draw every character in a in a universe often on the same spread like he, that dude. Yeah. That dude is a, he's George Perez is a, is a legend. Teen Titans, Crisis. Uh, like you said, he did the Avengers. I mean, didn't he do the Avengers J, uh, JLA crossover? Yep. I mean, look, dude. Yeah, he he's done it all. Um, that guy's a legend, and that that's that's, yeah, that's sad that uh, he's not retiring. His gold jacket is assured. Oh, dude! Uh, First ballot Hall yeah. of Famer, George Perez. Easily. Easily. So happy trails, sir. We wish you all the best. Uh, Drew, we have we have to uh, we have to talk about something difficult here. Um, I know you don't want to talk about it, but for the purpose of the listeners, we, we have to talk about it. Uh-oh. Uh oh. We got an announcement last week from Nintendo. Oh, yeah. That you know we we had said. Metroid Prime 4, the earliest we would expect to see it would be holiday of this year. And it turns out um, we are not going to be seeing it anytime soon. Well, no, we're not going to be seeing it anytime soon (laughs) because they, they, they have scrapped it and they're going back to square one to begin development again. Oh, yeah, that was a, a rough day. I mean, it was it's 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 difficult as a Metroid fan. It's very difficult because I want new content very badly for the from this franchise. Yeah. Um, but Nintendo came out and said that development of Metroid Prime four was not living up to expectations and it was not living up to what they needed it to be and want, you know, what fans will expect out of it and that they have uh, canceled development. Well, They've scrapped everything they have so far with the development team that they have been working with, and they are going back to the drawing board, and Retro Studios is consulting on the project now, and they will be spearheading the development now of Metroid Prime 4. So it's a it's a bad news, slightly good news situation. Um, yeah. So, I mean, just, just remember... The words of Shigeru Miyamoto, Nintendo royalty, okay? He once said famously, a delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game is forever bad. Okay. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Uh, if it was not going... I, I gotta say, how often do you see a developer publicly come out and say with such uh, sincerity and forthrightness that they are scrapping it scrapping their 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 work because it stinks <laughs> and they're going back to the drawing board like yeah i gotta say that's that's quite the the noble step of nintendo to take and i think that also relays that they understand the gravity of the situation i think they know that this game is uh you know the, the funny thing about it is metroid's not even like a major 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 seller but the fans that love it really love it and they they don't want to burn them again. I think the other M stink is still in the air, and they don't want to have a repeat of that. 
so uh they're they're doing the right thing and uh they're gonna make it right but i just wonder like why didn't you just have retro do it to begin with even though even though here's the problem with with the whole retro studios thing a lot of the guys that made retro metroid prime one at retro studios a lot of those guys are gone like they're another like they're long gone so it's not quite the same studio anymore but flip side Retro Studios has been responsible for a lot of great stuff on the Wii U and the Switch, including the Donkey Kong uh, games, Tropical Freeze, and all that. So you could argue, like, even though the, the, the guys who made Metroid Prime 1 might be gone, that studio still has a knack for understanding a property and a game and doing a new version of it and bringing it, you know, and bringing it into, the, into, the, into 2019 or whatever. So here's hoping. Yeah, it's it's a way that you kind of wish more companies would behave. I, I like, guess so. I mean, again, they were they were up front. A about lot it. of companies, a lot of companies would be like, okay, just finish it and throw it out there, and it is what it is. They just be like, hey, we we took a swing on it and missed, or or they just they don't say, say anything. Yeah. And, and then games linger uh, in development hell for however long, and fans don't know anything at all. Like case in point, uh, the, the Final Fantasy VII remake. Like, who even knows what's going on with yeah. that anymore? No one, like, no one has a clue. They don't say anything about it. They announced it. They showed footage. Well, some they showed something, and then nothing. You heard, you've heard nothing about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm trying to think. Of, uh, I mean. I mean, at this point, it's pretty fair to say it's never going to happen. But Half Life Three, insert joke here, like you know, it, Valve just totally went dark and said nothing about it, and they never publicly canceled the game at all. And it just, it just, you know, it strung fans along for a decade or more now. And guess what? That game is never coming out. So Nintendo got out in front and just kind of said, "Hey, it stinks." We're sorry. We're going back to the drawing board. It does make me wonder, though. Well, not wonder. It does. It makes me curious. Like, uh, what? We're never going to see what what they have. And I wish. I really wish we could see what they've got and what's you know what's good about it, what's bad about it. But we're never we're never going to see it. <laughs> yeah. So that being said. Best case scenario, when do you expect to see Metroid Prime? Dude, I, at this point, I'm, I, you know, this is this is looking like a Breath of the Wild situation, where it might be the final game for the Switch, and lo- and it might be the, the the launching title for the Switch Two or whatever. It, it's it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. Yeah, I, I'm thinking 2022 at this point. Uh, that sucks. It, I know how much you were looking forward to it, dude. It it's Metroid, man. I mean, you you want to you want to get me on board with with whatever you want to sell me. You just you just say Metroid. And I'm I'm opening my wallet. I'm throwing money at you. <laughs> yeah, that bites. But let's lighten the mood a little bit, Drew. We have not been to the old DC dumpster fire in a good long time. Uh, uh, but yesterday, we they, apparently they've they've put it out. They, they they put it out by dumping money on it. Because yeah, Aquaman you know. made a billion dollars. Aquaman. Just because something, something makes money doesn't mean it's good. No, I've said like I said that today on this show. Yeah, 
Um, and I've heard good things about Aquaman. I do want to see Aquaman at some point. Uh, but we got a, again, like, I guess you would call it a teaser at, at best. At most, it looks kind of like a costume screen test yesterday for the Birds of Prey movie. And Whatever. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm sorry, but, like, <sighs> it's twofold. One, I have no interest in a Birds of Prey movie. Two, I have even less interest when you just make it a weird, quirky excuse to bring Harley Quinn into it. Do you see the new title for it? No. It's called, hang on, I want to get this right so that you 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 can hear this. The title of the movie is, uh, where is it? Where's the full title? All these articles are like dissecting the trailer, but they're not actually giving the title of the movie. Is it like like Harley Quinn? Okay, there it is. No, it's, oh, it's worse than that, dude. You ready for this? I got it. Got okay. it right here. I'm looking at. I'm looking at it right now. All right. Remember, so, okay. Before I before I tell you, because I I, <laughs> I can't believe you don't know. Uh, is it fair to say, to some degree, that Harley Quinn has basically become DC's Deadpool? Yes. Okay, that's yes, annoying. So. I I find Deadpool annoying, and I find Harley Quinn annoying. And that's annoying to me because I did not used to hate Harley Quinn, <laughs> but I do now. Uh, okay, Carl, the title of the film is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Wow, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Let that wow. silence sink in for a minute. <laughs> like, I just like... The, the silence was because I had to physically prevent myself from saying the profanities that were going through my head. Do you smell toast, Carl? Are you okay? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's so bad. The fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Yeah. So, in other words, they're not yeah, taking no. they're not taking any of this series. They're Deadpooling this up, is what they're doing. That's pretty terrible. Yeah. Alrighty. I'm good here. Uh, we don't we don't we don't have to belabor the the point here. I, this this is yeah. this is nonsense. And we haven't seen like aside from this costume test, we haven't seen anything from it. I didn't see much of a costume uh, for Harley Quinn in this, so I don't really care. Yeah. So pigtails and a mallet does not a Harley Quinn make. No, no. Uh, trying to think. I don't. I think that just about does it for the news. Well, okay. Once you can think of anything else. Um, that I'm not going to lie, man. Uh, we could wrap this up and that would be okay. Cause I'm, as you can tell, you're hurting. Oh, listen yeah. to me. I sound terrible. I'm just I'm just the worst. Well, we'll wrap it up there, folks. Uh, no episode breakdown this this episode because uh, we had so much to catch up on, and Drew, Drew's kind of hurting. So we're gonna we're gonna call it a day. Uh, 
definitely can't say we're going to call it quickly because we're on working on an hour and a half here. Um, but we definitely appreciate you uh, listening and stopping by again. Please, please, please come out to our live show this Monday at Iron Buffalo, uh, Millersport Highway in Amherst. Uh, it's going to be a great time starting at 7 p.m. It's a great place, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to post some reminders of that throughout uh, the week, and we'll be back. You'll be able to hear that show, that live show. Uh, that will be our show next week, and we'll post that. Um, but, of course, it's better to experience it in person, I think, personally, me. Because, yeah. Hopefully, that I'll, hopefully I'll be well by then. <laughs> You better be well by then, because I'm not about to... You're the one who runs all the equipment. Uh, uh, and you are the co-host. So Semantics. Okay. <laughs> Semantics. If you would like to send us any questions to be right at the live show, um, any uh, comments or questions, you can do so at the following locations. You can follow us on Twitter, at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at thedevilsdupod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, thedevilsdupodcast.com. Drew, that being said, any final thoughts? Um, be careful out there the next couple of days, folks. It's supposed to be uh, pretty crummy, and if if the way I sound is any indication, um, don't, don't let this happen to you. So, so stay, stay inside. Stay warm. Cuddle, cuddle up with your with your comics and uh, your switch controllers and, and and play some games and just don't 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 subject yourself to the elements because you're not going to win. All righty, that will be <laughs> here for us in the courthouse. We appreciate you stopping by again. Court is adjourned.